Hey, Haley. Yeah, Alyssa? Are you ready to change the narrative around women's sports? Let's do it. You are listening to Haley Chura and Alyssa Gadeski, and this is the Iron Women Podcast, a production from Lip Feisty Media. Haley and Alyssa are longtime professional triathletes and coaches. Between them, they have completed more than 50 iron distance races and just as many 70.3s. Their accomplished careers include nine professional wins and one fastest known time. Haley, do I have to tell the listeners how many of those wins are mine? Nah, we'll keep that between us. The Iron Women podcast has a Patreon community which helps support our podcast. If you love the podcast, check us out at patreon.com forward slash livefeisty. And don't forget to tell a friend. Now, let's get to the show. proud to be supported by Form Goggles in 2020. Form Goggles are the only swim goggles with a smart display that delivers metrics like split times, distance, pace, and more. And it's built right into the goggle lens. You can also analyze your metrics outside of the pool with the Form Swim app, because what triathlete doesn't love data? Head to formswim.com to learn more about the Form Swim Goggles and pick up the missing link to your swim bag. Hi, Haley. What's going on in Bozeman this week? Alyssa, I have actually been like binging on PBS documentaries. That is what is happening in Bozeman this week. It's been fantastic. I, I love PBS. I watch PBS a lot. That's public broadcasting. If anyone isn't in the United States or isn't familiar, but it comes in really well. I don't get that many channels, but it comes in really well. And I just discovered that there's a PBS app so I can watch like documentaries more than once. And that's what I really love doing actually sometimes when I'm on the trainer is like watching something I've already seen because then I can zone out and I don't miss that much. And so documentaries are like the perfect thing sometimes because I don't have to catch everything the first time and I can watch it a second time and then I catch more. And PBS is a like wealth of documentaries on so many great topics and they're free. Most of them are free. So I'm just like, they, they only have limited runs, some of them, but, um, this was like a whole new world for me. So I have been, uh, you watching PBS, like as my evening news channel, actually. So, um, that's like what I've been doing probably for the last like couple months. I found that I prefer that channel, but I haven't really gotten into the like PBS documentaries. So for myself and anyone else, where should we start? Like, do you have a favorite or two to recommend? I think our listeners would really enjoy the, uh, Gloria, a life documentary, which is about Gloria Steinem, which is kind of like kind of in the vein of our podcast. And it is a play, so it's like a play, and it stars Christine Lottie as Gloria Steinem, and the whole cast is just this, a bunch of amazing actors, and they go through her life, but I think it actually does a really good job of also acknowledging the black women who led the feminist movement, women like Dorothy Pittman Hughes and Flo Kennedy, and the impact of Native American women like Wilma Mankiller, like that these women had on Gloria's life. So it's not just about Gloria Steinem, but... It, um, it also includes a very fascinating uh, Q&A with the real Gloria Steinem afterwards. And I think this play aired in 2018 or was performed. The actual play was performed in like 2018, 2019. So it's a little bit old, but the topics are so relevant. It talks about how feminism isn't a silo, how it's connected to race and LGBTQ rights. And it's just so relevant. And I think that's how a lot of these, um, the documentaries that I've watched recently have been like where they are older. And I think we're seeing this on, on a lot of shows where, uh, there's another one about, uh, I think it just aired last night about, uh, women running for office, specifically women of color running for office. I think it's called, and she could be next. And 
they had Stacey Abrams talking about voting rights in 1993. Like, video of her in 1993, like, baby high school or early college Stacey Abrams talking about voting rights. And they follow her kind of through her 2018 Georgia governor's race. And it's it's so cool. Like, I'm so impressed that someone had this footage. And then they put it together. And I get to watch it. Uh, there's There's so many other ones that I just – it's – those would be good ones to start with, I think, but you could go any direction you want. And it's just, yeah, definitely good trainer, trainer material. I've been inspired. <laughs> All right. No, I'm adding it to my list. I've needed some good trainer material and I just haven't really been in the mood to be watching like a, a show or a series or anything like that. Uh, so actually this sounds like perfect. And like you said, you can kind of have it on and then have it on again and like you'll pick up new things and it's not like super crucial to be necessarily hearing every word but you know getting a little inspiration and it sounds like I'm gonna learn a lot too so I'm excited how have you been Alyssa what's new with you well Haley I took some time last week to go kind of away again off of um you know away from like the influx of news and media and my phone and everything like that. I went off the grid for a little bit. So um, I went camping up in the Adirondacks with my boyfriend. We did some running and camping. We actually stayed. We found out a couple days before we left that I had planned basically the whole trip. Um, and, you know, because it's it was like I wanted to run certain routes and things like that. So I, I took on the planning responsibilities like very willingly. And then a couple days before we left, I was just looking things over and checking the maps and things like that. And I realized that the campsite I had planned for us was only available by boat. Um, and Matt and I don't have a boat and like we definitely don't have a canoe that was like, I guess, you know, I don't think you can use motorboats on that. Like, like you needed a canoe or a kayak or something. Right. And so I was like, oh no, this is like not good. So I talked to my parents and my dad went searching in the basement. And if like, I don't know how many of our listeners would have ever met my parents, but this is like a classic Doug Gadeski situation where I'm like needing some sort of tool or like, you know, an apparatus of some sort. And like my dad goes into the basement and comes out with this 30 year old inflatable like boat. <laughs> And, um, they coordinate with us that on the drive up, we'll meet at like a gas station off of 95 where we're going to be getting gas. Everyone's going to have masks. They're going to like, you know, do a handoff with this inflatable boat so that it's like socially distanced, but I could like wave hi to my parents and get the boat that hopefully will still inflate and like hold two people and some gear to get to a campsite across the lake. So um, long story short, Haley, I am not going to take up kayaking or like paddling as a new sport for myself. Um, we quickly realized on the first day of paddling the 0.6 miles out to the campsite that paddling just isn't really in my wheelhouse. So luckily for Matt, he has more water experience than I do and was happy to take over the paddling duties of that. But Haley, we... There was like another couple camping. There's three campsites on this lake and you can fit multiple tents at each one if needed, that kind of thing. There was one other couple at one of the camp campsites. No one on the third one. And every single, we were there for two days and each night when we got back, there was like, you couldn't see a soul. You'd paddle out to your campsite and like there was no one on the lake. You couldn't hear anything. It was like the most remote I've been in definitely a really long time and like potentially in my life that I've ever slept. Like I've never, I don't think been somewhere that was only accessible by like watercraft. So it was a really cool experience um, to do that. And the Adirondacks are lovely this time of year, except for the black flies, but um, still the views and like the Adirondacks themselves make it uh, quite nice to be there. So it was a good couple days away from everything with no service and, and no news, not even PBS, you know, to, keep my mind like reeling. So I feel pretty good and recharged to be back home from that. I have, I've heard that a lot of people are camping these days and I'm not one of them. I, I prefer my bed and I prefer my Judy Woodruff <laughs> news hour, but, um, but I, uh, that is, that sounds like fun minus the flies, like you said, and I'm impressed that you made it there with the boat and 
Abby Perkis, our past guest at Title Line expert and also adventure racing expert, will be very proud. And I think she probably also has faith that your kayaking can get better for when you do an adventure race that involves a kayak one of these days, because you know it's going to happen. Well, so we were supposed to do, you know, the adventure race that Abby's company, the Rootstock Racing, puts on in May. Matt and I were going to do that, and that involves pack rafting. And before, going into that, I was like, Matt, we need to get a double, like a two-person pack raft. And he's like, no, 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 we should get single ones. And then, like, we had to get single ones anyway because um, the guy was, like, out of the double ones. And I was like, this is going to be a disaster. And he didn't understand, like, what level of disaster I was talking about until he saw me attempting to be paddling. And he was like, I understand now that, like, I just, it's, for whatever reason, it just, like, doesn't make much sense to me. And my arms get tired instantly, Haley. Like, I, I take the paddle and I put the paddle into the water and, like, my arms get tired the second the paddle touches the water. And I don't know what's going on because, like, I'm swimming, I'm doing swim cords and, like, I, like I'm doing push like push-ups and strength like I have upper body strength clearly right but like something happens and the water just feels like syrup and my arms like my shoulders the burn is like the biggest like muscle burn ever and so <laughs> I'm just this like, is bizarre I, I Alyssa tried, like I was giving my all <laughs> it wasn't like I wasn't trying I feel so sorry for you right now I the I know <laughs> Oh, I was going to say the last time I used a kayak, I think it was when I was we're still working in public accounting and it was at one of the partner's lake houses and we had a race and I definitely won. And everyone said it wasn't fair because of my swimming background. And so that was why I won. I can't even remember what I won, but it must have been great. And so I'm, I feel really sorry for you right now, but maybe I know. you can improve on this. Well, I'm kind of this. wondering if, if I figure out what I'm doing with paddling, maybe I'm doing something similar in the pool. Like maybe I'm not engaging the right muscles or something like that. And so I don't know, something to think about in this time when I have some extra time to be, you know, thinking things over and reassessing my swim careers. Um, but I don't know. It was, it was just interesting, but it was fun. It was a good adventure. Well, Alyssa, speaking of adventures, I think that we have a new sponsor that would definitely approve of your adventures and keeping you fashionable and keeping your eyes protected while you're on your adventure. Do you want to announce our new sponsor? Yes. So we are so excited to welcome Gooder Sunglasses to the Live Feisty home um, and the Iron Women brand. We have a special landing page that you guys can go to on the Gooder website. So it's gooder.com forward slash feisty, which is G-O-O-D-R.com forward slash F-E-I-S-T-Y. And if you head to that landing page, you can see our like feisty picks. We have this feisty collection where everyone at Live Feisty has gone through and kind of selected their favorites. And so we put them there like fast pick for you to be able to see what our favorites are. Um, I always am like, wearing pink um, because it matches all of my Smash Fest Queen clothes. And so the flamingos on the booze cruise match like everything I own. And I probably need like one of them in every, like my car, my gym bags, all of that. So that I always have those pink sunglasses because they make me so happy to look at. But um, Haley, what's your favorite? Alyssa, I found this very fascinating because I also picked, picked a pink pair, but a different one. I picked Becky's Bachelorette Bacchanal which is the opaque pink. So like the flamingos on a booze cruise are transparent. And then Becky's bachelorette party apparently has, it's like opaque pink, but that's what I wore at trials. It's probably what I will wear this weekend at the Smash Fest Queen eight miler virtual race. I do like, like what you said, how it matches my Smash Fest Queen outfits. In everyday life, I've been wearing a lot of the uh, the purple gardening with a kraken. I, I like those ones as well. And the names are fantastic. Definitely, everyone go to gooder.com forward slash feisty. Check out what we like. You can, if you don't like what we like, we won't be offended. There's something for everyone on that Gooder website. Go find your sunglasses. They're only $25. They're an amazing deal. And if you use that gooder.com forward slash feisty landing page, we get credit. So help us and help you look good. And thank you to Gooder for, uh, for coming on as a sponsor. We're so excited to partner with you. 
And Haley, we have one other sponsor announcement. So the Noon Hydration, um, we've changed the code. So you know that we get 30% off of Noon Hydration products at NoonLife.com, which is Noon Sport Tablets, the Noon Vitamin Tablets, um, the new Noon Podium Series that has the Prime Noon Endurance and the Noon Recover product. Um, all of those things, 30% off. And the code has changed. The code is now going to be Live Feisty. So L I V E F E I S T Y. Um, it will get you all of the noon hydration that you need with that great discount. So thank you to Noon Hydration for that. And just a quick note, guys. Haley, I didn't know this, but um, the codes had to change because as the internet gets like smarter and smarter and sneakier and sneakier. Um, there are like browser extensions that people can use that are finding codes and things like that. And if you use one of those, but then you also like put in codes, right? Those browser extensions, like steal them and then kind of broadcast them out to anyone else who might be shopping there. So that is, uh, not really the intention that we want with the iron women code and the live feisty code. So, um, if you do have one of those, if you can like disable it or use a different browser or something when you're shopping um, through our codes, that would be really appreciated. It is fascinating. I didn't realize that happened either. And uh, we we do want to make it clear that if a, you're swimming and one of your friends at Masters Swim Practice or um, I guess maybe now you're like texting about how you used to swim together at Masters, but if they ask you, you know, what do you think about noon? Can you share the noon code? Can you share the noon love? Absolutely. Share it. Tell them about Live Feisty. Tell them about the podcast. Tell them to listen and become a listener. But we do want to avoid posting it on those discount internet websites. So let's try to keep this discount exclusive to the Live Feisty community. Again, that's Noon Sport. Noon Sport. Noonlife.com. Uh, get 30% off discount using the code Live Feisty now. And thank you to Noon for your continued support and for making delicious products that have been fueling me through all of my trainer rides indoors and some outdoor stuff too. Haley, do we have any mailbag questions or updates for people this week? Alyssa, so everyone should know that our mailbag email address is ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com. You can send in any endurance questions sport or triathlon related questions this week instead of a answering a question at the end of the episode we are going to feature a listener lily who you might have heard mentioned a couple weeks ago she is she sent us a clip of her playing a flute so if you haven't gone back and listened to the elizabeth beisel episode a couple weeks ago we did feature elizabeth playing the violin we also then issued an open invitation to any of our listeners who are musically inclined to send us a 30 second clip of them playing an instrument. And we said that we would include that at the end of a future show. Someone did request Alyssa, Alyssa Gadeski, my co-host to play the piano since Alyssa is known as a piano player that was included a couple weeks ago. And this week we are including Lily playing the flute. So thank you to Lily for uh, sending in her submission and for being so talented. And if anyone else is, is musically inclined or has questions, please send your questions or your music clips to ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com. And everyone listen to the end of this episode for Lily playing the flute. And Haley, we do have an interview to share with everyone this week. So we chatted with Raquel Torres and Raquel's story is unique in that she grew up in a small town in the Dominican Republic. She found triathlon and was actually racing pro there as a young adult. So she shares some more with us about that time and then how she left the sport and encountered some other life challenges over the next few years, which actually ultimately led her back to triathlon to race as an age grouper. But it wasn't long before she was back to racing pro again. So listen in to hear more from Raquel and about her experiences as a woman, a mom, and a Latina athlete after a word from our sponsors. The Iron Woman podcast loves Gooder sunglasses. They're made in recklessly fun colors and come in styles that actually look good. My favorite is flamingos on a booze cruise. They have translucent pink frames and teal lenses that add a pop of color to all my workout clothes. Gooder sunglasses are no slip, no bounce, and polarized. I raced in a pair of Gooders at the U.S. Olympic Marathon Trials 
earlier this year. Gooder is generously offering our listeners nothing, nothing at all. Gooder sunglasses start at only $25 a pair, so no discounts are needed when they're already the most affordable performance shades on the planet. Go to gooder.com forward slash feisty. That's G-O-O-D-R.com forward slash F-E-I-S-T-Y. Check out the Live Feisty curated collection or pick up your own favorites. Look good, run gooder. Hi, Raquel. Welcome to the Iron Women podcast. Hi, Alisa. Thank you so much for having me. So I have to admit that, like, when we bring guests on, we kind of semi-stalk them, Haley and I. And, you know, one of the common stalking methods that we use is through Instagram. So it's been super fun to follow you because your posts are always full of so much positivity and happiness. And so I wanted to just start off by saying thank you for that, because that's like a nice little injection into my life. But then have you always been a very positive person like that? And where does that come from? Wow, good question. I didn't expect that one. Uh, You know, sometimes I feel my life has a lot of challenges. So being extra positive, you can have less ups and downs. So when it's down, it's not too hard. So I just try to be and do it for myself. Sometimes I put something and something that actually I, I thought before posting it. Sometimes I'm running or training or in a, in a race or something and something happens and that's my mantra. So some of the posts that I post on Instagram is something that I already thought before. Most of them, not all of them, but most. We do want to catch our listeners up a bit on your background. So I believe you grew up in the town of La Vega in the Dominican Republic. And I have never traveled to the Dominican Republic. What do you, can you tell us a little bit about La Vega and what you think of when you think of your hometown? La Vega is a very, very small town. Now it's uh, it's a little different than before, like, you know, like everywhere. Um, but in the nineties and eighties, it was very simple and people, you know, everyone knows each other and it was safe to ride your bike everywhere. Um, so I miss the weather, (laughs) always sunny and warm, you know, so, but it's actually something that I, that brought me to triathlon. Living in a space like a little bit more calm, less stress, <laughs> and, you know, safety. And so before we get into triathlon specifically, I guess, can you tell us a little bit about the culture of sport in the Dominican Republic? Like, are athletics a common part of growing up? As a girl there, did you feel like the opportunities were the same for you as they are for the boys? How does that kind of shake out in the Dominican Republic? Wow, that's a good one. Um, yeah, that's a very good one. Uh, actually, in my personal experience, it was a little hard. Like, I got bullying from everyone. Like, my best friends, they used to bully me because I was riding my bike a lot. Like, you know, the passive-aggressive bullying all the time. I was the one who never wears I was never having makeup. I was like in the high school, wearing shorts, like a tomboy, <laughs> basically. And but I never care about it. I was my I, my brother, my younger my youngest brother. Um, he used to do mountain bike and his friends. So I started like biking with them. So I have some support. And then a coach saw me and he was like, she's really good at swimming and biking. And then I have some support, but at the same time, I have a lot of challenges. So, but at my personality, I was like, I don't care. I love riding my bike. I love running. I don't care what they think about it. I love it. So then it becomes something part, part of my personality. So I was always doing something. I was very interested in the exercise rather than the sport. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. 
I used to love being outside and running rather than watching a movie or something. So, and then, so one thing and then another, I became more involved with triathlon and all that. I don't know if I answered your question. (laughs) I do want to ask a little bit more about this involvement in triathlon because we've read that you were given a couple key opportunities in sport during your childhood years that did set you up nicely for triathlon and hopefully, you know, gave you that love that transcended the bullying you got from your peers. So we read one kind of cool story that to get to the pool, you had to ride up an interesting route. Can you tell us about about (laughs) your route, your bike route that you used to get to the pool? Ah, yes. Um, in La Vega, in that in that very small town, we didn't have at that time a decent pool. We we used to have a 25 yard, no, 50 yards Olympic pool, but it was empty for a long time. So we didn't have a pool. And then my siblings, we are four, and I am the third. So that all this one, they were in college. So long story short. It was my transportation, my bike. <laughs> and most of my um, mountain bike uh, friends uh, and cyclists and other of my brother's friends, we used to go and swim in a pool that it was like seven kilometers from my home. And it was in a hill, a very deep <laughs> hill. <laughs> it was like 20% deep. I don't know if I'm saying that. I right think that terms. might count as a mountain, yes. not a hill. Twenty percent <laughs> incline. I, I uh-huh. think we can use the word mountain, but um, and so you rode your bike to the pool every single day. Yes, yes. So that's how actually I started like being pretty good at climbing and and swimming. We didn't. We did that maybe four summers. It was not very consistent um, because at that time, you know, traveling was not popular. We didn't have the enough um, finance support. And, you know, everything was so like trying to do something. But basically, my lifestyle gave me the, and also my personality and my, um, passion for sports. Just, I just keep doing it. I did that. And then we find another pool in another town and I was just riding my bike there. And then I started coaching other kids when I was just 14 years old. So I was very involved with the water, coaching, riding my bike. And then I started running after I did like a few triathlons in that club with the hill or the mountain, uh, with a mountain, um, I did a few triathlons and then the federation asked me to race as elite. And I think that was in 1997 um, or 1998. So, so I, how old were you then? You were like 12? I, I was 15, oh, 15. <laughs> 15, but I look, I used to look younger, a little bit younger, but yeah, I did. I went to Costa Rica and I went to Mexico and I went to Costa Rica, I think two times and to Mexico and to Venezuela for the Central American games. That's what's the first Central American games of triathlon. And then I started college my mom and my dad got divorced and it was a little, you know, challenging time. So I quit all sports. So I was just, I went to college, then I went to work in the banking industry. So I worked in the banking industry for seven years. Um, And then I got a scholarship uh, to work, to do an MBA um, in United States. So that's why I went and moved to Michigan in 2009 with my daughter. She was two years old at that time. So then when I graduated from my MBA, I kept going in the banking industry and worked for another bank, uh, Fifth, Fifth 
third bank. I worked there for one year more, and then it was very challenging uh, with my daughter. She was five, and I was it was so stressed. So I quit that job, and I was like, you know, I need I need to do something else. So I started coaching girls on the run. You know, girls on the run. Mm-hmm. So I started coach, coaching them, and then I started coaching kids in the water because my daughter's coach asked me to coach to help her. So I was like, yeah, I can help you. So and then she loved how I coach kids. So I started like coaching a lot, and then I started training myself too. So I started running. I remember I started running like 5K, like forward and back from my house in Michigan, and then I started running 10Ks, and then I started running more, and then I did one triathlon, and then I came back. So that's how everything happens. I never planned it like, you know, I want to do this. It was like I did this, and then life kind of brought me again to the triathlon world. And And Raquel, you kind of like went quite quick you acted like it was probably this kind of easy for you to move from this executive job in the banking industry right into a more balanced life and so one of the questions we get from listeners a lot is like how Haley and myself left kind of the corporate world to pursue sport and things like that so you know in that time if you think back to that like can you what were the key things that you really were feeling at that time where you knew that this was a move to make, you know, like giving up that to to be coaching girls on the run and to be coaching swimming and things like that. That's a good one. It seems simple now. If I look back, it seems simple. But, you know, everything, the good thing, and if, if you're doing what you, what you love to do, it's worth the sacrifices. Because, and then I, somebody asked me in another interview that last week and they were like oh what's the hardest part of being a triathlete or a professional other whatever and I told him like you know I think that people they don't want to do the sacrifices the sacrifices can be anything maybe my sacrifices are not yours you know what I mean some people they don't they don't want to do the hard work or maybe some people they don't want to they don't want to sacrifice weekends or some people they don't want to sacrifice the money or, you know, some people, they don't want to sacrifice whatever, going from for vaca- vacations, you know. So those sacrifices, sometimes if you love what you want to do, like I love, I love coaching others. You know, I, I don't, I'm not doing it because I want to have the label, like I'm a coach. I love helping because that's what I did when I was a kid, you know what I mean? And I, and I know that you can have a lot of influence in them so at the same time I was teaching I was teaching for the public district in Michigan I got like I got like three times three part-time jobs I'm always you know you need the money to pay the bills I was I'm, I'm a single mom I was married at some years and then I got divorced too so it was pretty tough for me I was very emotionally affected at that time too but triathlon and having a team i met my team from michigan athletic mentors i put some notes here but now i'm just going with the flow um i met my team athletic mentors there back them and my coach and having someone who tells you hey you are awesome you can just do it let's do this so having just one person, it can make a huge difference. Even if everyone is saying that, what are you doing? You're crazy. Or why, 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 why do you do that? Or, you know, even my family, my, my close family, like, they were like my dad. He's like, oh, you quit your job. Or what about your, your MBA? You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? Like that mindset. So I, I totally like block my mind in a good way. And I Raquel, don't listen to them. They don't get them this. They, they will get it maybe later. And I don't care. I just want to keep going. So I just kept going and having sponsors. Then I got one sponsor, a big sponsor, my first one from the Dominican Republic. And they were my 
last job in the banking industry from the Dominican Republic. So I believe everything is connected. I always tell my daughter, like, you need to do everything the best you can. Like, at school, do your best. At sport, do your best. At art, do your best. Because you never know when you're going to use that skill. Like, some, some skills that I use in the banking industry, then I was using as a sponsor outlet. Like, preparing a proposal, you know, sending an email, whatever, like every single detail helped me a little bit. And, you know, it's not like, how do you say linear? Mm -hmm. It's not straight. It's not going to be always straight. It's going to be like messy sometimes. And you just need to keep going and do your best. So people say, trust the process. <laughs> um, I think, did I answer your, mm-hmm. your question? I love the, the, that your first banking job became, or your most recent, or last banking job in the Dominican Republic became yes. your sponsor uh-huh. later in life. It also shows the, the power of connections and being a good employee in one exactly. job kind of showed that you would exactly. be good at this other one. Obviously, yes. your work ethic made yes. a mark there. You mentioned girls on the run, and I do want to just kind of talk about that for any of our listeners who aren't familiar with Girls on the Run. Can you tell us about it? Girls on the Run changed my life, basically. I did that for three years, and I don't know how I... I don't know how I started doing that, to be honest. I don't remember, but I think someone sent me an email or something, and then I was like, yeah, oh, my daughter's schools. Oh, no, that was before she went to school. I'm, I'm so sorry, but the main thing, I started like just trying one time and then I saw the curriculum and I was impressed. I was like, oh my gosh, when you do it, you really get some ideas that you never heard about it before. So like the self-confidence and, you know, girls, we still are... I don't know if you girls have kids, but we're still like educating girls and boys different. And that's why we are still having some issues as adults. So Girls in the Run, I think it's helping girls, but also helping moms and helping a lot of women, even besides the little girls. So actually it helps me to get back to running and... Then I did it with my daughter. I did it for two years without my daughter, and then I did it with my daughter, and it's awesome. I I am so proud and thankful for that. How big is your group? I'm I'm curious, and it sounds like it is definitely more than just running. I'm assuming there's running involved, but it sounds like it's a lot of life skills. So when you when you have a group, how many girls are part of that group? Uh, on girls on the run. Um, eight to 15 I think the maximum is 15 but you need two coaches and two assistants and then if you're the only coach I was the only coach in one of the groups and there were like eight to 12 girls and what ages are these like they're young or teenagers I did for the elementary at the beginning I think it was just um elementary and then in the last year that I did they include the middle school in middle school's girls, um, they're like um, six to eight, and then the next group, nine to 13, if I am correct, close like that. <laughs> so definitely yeah. like pivotal ages. I can see how yes. watching them kind of grow and develop would impact you for sure as an adult. Yes. And then, it. so you were coaching girls on the run, coaching swimming, that got you to start thinking about competing and training yourself. And it kind of seems like from there, things went like fast forward for a bit for you with triathlon. So you met your coach who you've mentioned, uh, Mark Olson. And within a couple months, you were competing as an elite again on the ITU circuit from the Dominican Federation. So coming into ITU racing once again, what was that like? Were the Were you already like familiar I guess with the rules and the regulations and the tactics of the racing itself and did you enjoy that aspect of ITU racing like were you excited to be back 
Oh, wow. You know, those years were very tough for me in my, my personal life, very, very tough. And then the Federation, the Dominican Triathlons Federation called me to race as elite. I never asked anybody. That was not in my plan, never in my mind. So they called me to my phone, like Raquel, because I won, I think, a few races in Michigan. And they knew, so they put it on the newspapers. And then they called me, Raquel, I want you to race as elite. So that happens from the beginning until now. 2019 my last year racing as elite I never I never asked them to put me as elite and I never it was not my purpose it was something that they asked me and I was like okay so one thing and then another thing and then one sponsor and then I need another sponsor and then it was like a snowball and then compromises because after you get one sponsor you gotta keep going you don't want to you know, you want to do what you're supposed to do. So um, it was tough. I thought about quitting a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot, more than 100 times, to be honest. I thought, oh, well, I'm just done. I don't want to do this anymore. It was tough, um, but I don't regret it at all. If I go back, I want to do, be doing the same. I, I, I don't regret anything, but it was tough. It was tough because racing as elite, one of the of your questions, um, I have no idea at that time about the ITU rules. I have no idea how to qualify for the Central American Games, and that was the first goal of the Dominican Federation. They want me to qualify for the Central American Games and Pan American Games. So I just went to the ITU because at that time, the Federation, they didn't have a clue either. So I spent time trying to read the rules and read how I can do that. So, you know, after it's like um, the when you're doing something for the first time by yourself, you cannot you can make a lot of mistakes and you you feel like, okay, I can do it, but you never know what's going to happen. So I was in that mindset. I'm just trying. I don't want to have a lot of expectations, even if everyone is expecting me to win. So I put that in my mind, and I think that's why I am still doing it. Because I know if somebody else were doing it, they were like, no, I hate it. I don't want to be the... I don't, people, they don't want to be vulnerable and you need to be vulnerable to do this. If you are not willing to be vulnerable, forget about it. You're going to feel ashamed. You're going to feel, um, how do you say, uh, a fail a failure. So and in my mind, I was like, I'm doing this for me. And I tried it. It was hard. Sometimes people expecting me to win in an ITU race. And I was like, you know, I'm just trying. So, you know, and then I know myself. I know my story. I know what I did before. So I was trying, they don't know. They don't know what I'm doing. So I was just trying to keep just believing in myself and knowing that I'm doing my best. So it, it was very challenging because people have a lot of opinions and they I think most people they don't want to try something because when people express themselves, they can be tough and mean. <laughs> Raquel, I, I should know the answer to this question, so I'm a little ashamed I don't. Did you go to the Central American Games and the Pan American Games, and did you get to represent the Dominican Republic for a second, a second time at a very different point in your life? Yes, I went to the Central American Games, and it was one of the worst races ever uh, yeah i i went there and i crashed three times in the bike it was uh super hard it was like a thunderstorm it was horrible climate i don't know what happened but they canceled the swim and the swimming is one of my best for itu um so they canceled the swim it was a duathlon so i crashed I, my wheels 
they were like uh, they had a lot of pressure and it was wet so I crashed like three times and the Dominican Federation um, had a little issues in the Dominican uh, with the government and all like that. So that was affecting my performance too. It was a lot of pressure. It was a lot of political issues there, very tough. So I was not in my best emotionally. Even in my personal life, I had problems at the time and with the Federation also. I just kept going from those years because of my team, athletic mentor, my coach, and my sponsors. Because I was getting divorced, I was having problems with the Federation. It was tough because I'm a girl and I was out of the Dominican Republic. So they asked me to race and then a lot of noise everywhere. So to answer your first question about the Instagram, having that extra positive mindset kept me going through all that because it was hard. And I think that's why most girls, they don't want to feel that vulnerability and they just quit. It takes a lot. You need to really love what you're doing. So. You're so right. I mean, I, I feel like Haley and I can both relate to that feeling of like having to be vulnerable if you're going to keep doing this, you know, because uh, we yes. don't know what's going to happen and you can't uh -huh. control it. You can think that you can control it, but you can't control it yes. really. And the sport isn't going to, you know, give you back anything necessarily. So I definitely Thanks. can understand that feeling. And I did want to talk to you a little bit because um, as you were racing as an elite, you raced in the ITU um, circuit a bit, but then you also transitioned over to the non-draft legal racing and raced some Ironman events. So in, since 2016, you raced for three seasons as a professional and you did make that move to the non-draft legal racing. And then more recently in 2019, you were racing as an age group competitor again. So what was it that just the pressure and everything and kind of the, the noise that you said that prompted that switch? Good, good one. Um, you know, after the Pan American Games in 2015, I was actually done. I just want to go back to my roots and do this for that I want to do and then helping others. And I was tired of the pressure. Um, even not just the pressure with the sports, pressure in many ways in my personal life. So I was like, you know, I got to chill and I want to have time with my daughter, quality time and be myself again. Because during those years, I kind of lost myself. So I was like, let me just chill. But then the Dominican Federation again asked me to race as lead. And then they called me like, hey, Raquel, we need you. We're going to pay you the ticket, everything, and let's go to this race. We need you. And then for me, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh. I feel honored that they are asking me to race as elite. Like, I am 30, whatever. I was 36, 37. I'm 39 now. So I was like, you know, I'm 30. And they're asking me to race as elite. So, uh, and I felt good. Actually, I was having still power. I was healthy, thanks God. No injuries. Because in the meantime, having ups and downs, I just kept training because I love training, not because, oh, I want to do this race or whatever. I was like, I love training. I love training. I just want to keep training. So I was always like, okay, I'm ready. If you want me to race, I just can train for a few more weeks and I can be ready. So I just went with the flow. And I think... And at that point, were they asking you to transition out of ITU racing to the like Ironman stuff? Were they ever suggesting no, that? Or, okay. No, no, My coach, that's a good one. The, the, the Dominican Triathlon Federation, they just asked me to race as elite or some of the races in the Dominican Republic. They pay me and they ask me, hey, okay, I'll come to this race. And they pay me the hotel, pay me, you know, they support me so I can go and race there or anywhere. But in... My coach, he always asked me, hey, you should do a half Ironman here. And then you should do it. So I try to go to a few longer distances just to have the experience. And then I got, uh, oh, that's a good one too. 
because the bike for me is a big important part i got a nice bike from a sponsor and they i never asked for that bike it was someone who really believed in me and she i saw her in a restaurant and she was like hey what are you doing you're in the dominican republic she sponsored me when i was a little kid for the international races in the 90s and then she was what are you doing? And I told her like, oh, at that time I was divorced and I live in the Dominican Republic. So I got few sponsors in the Dominican Republic and that kept me motivated and pushing and keep pushing, even feeling horrible. I was like, you know, I got this and we just one sponsor, then another one. And then I'm like, you know, I need to do this. This is awesome. People are believing in me. I know I can do it. So I just kept going. And then I got a $15,000 bike. <laughs> so I was like from a sponsor to the longest races. Mm. So that's why in the, that was in 2015 or 16, 2016, I got the bike. So when I got that bike, I was like, you know, I want to keep going. So together, I, I started doing some um, half Ironmans and full Ironmans. I did my first full Ironman in 2018. And then... At the same year, the Dominican Federation again called me, hey, can you race for this for this event? So I did three years together, half Ironmans and full Ironman as a pro and few ITUs. And then, but this year in 2020, my goal was to do the um, world championships in New Zealand. Uh, but you know, it's going to be in 2021 now. And then for that one, I qualify as age group in my last event in, um, September, 2019. And was that decision to race as an age grouper? Was that because of the desire to race at the world championships or was there more? What that was one of the goals. And also I, I just want to show. I just want to show for that race. I w- after that one, I started like believing more than ever in myself because I was not ready at all for that. And I finished first in my age, age group and I think third in overall. And I felt horrible. And I'm like, you know, I think even feeling horrible, my soul and my mind, I feel so happy now that I feel I can do so much better than this. So, you know, I think the pressure of being a pro when you don't have the uh, enough support can make you feel a little bit more pressure than it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? It's sometimes it's not necessary. So for me, I was like, you know, I just want to do H group and let's see what's going to happen. And then I got that surprise because actually after after that race, I qualified in Hawaii. I got the spot, but I never knew the rules. I was not expecting to go and qualify for anything. I just did it because I want to do a race and see how it's going to feel. And I want to know that environment in case I qualify for Kona. I want to have the experience of going there. And then I didn't get the coin. And one of my friends, she was like, are you crazy? You didn't take the spot. I'm going to kill you. And then I was like, I, I haven't. I didn't have a clue how that's going to, uh, that you need to be there at that time. And then, then just going to call names. I didn't know that. So for so the this was one, a Kona slot. So you missed, you qualified for a Kona slot, but then missed the roll down and yes. didn't take it. Uh-huh. You made a second place person very happy. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And she actually was like the 10th. I think a lot of people did the same. She was like super back down. But it was okay. I was like, you know, I was, I didn't, that was not my goal. But for the next one in California, I was like, you know, I'm going to be more aware. I'm going <laughs> to go there and see if I get a spot. And then I finished second, uh, third overall. So I was like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. So Raquel, you had originally left the corporate world to pursue kind of a life with more balance, right? And, 
you know, now you've raced everything from ITU to the Ironman distance. And many people who race full Ironman stuff and are doing that training struggle with that same thing, that balance, right? So did you find, like, as you stepped up in distance, the balance started shifting again, you know? And, like, do you have any advice for people who are trying to figure out that, like, that, the you know, the elusive quest for balance in their life? I think, you know, um, everyone is different, but there are a few things that we all can apply. Uh, for example, when I switched from ITU to half, I did a like one step slowly progress. Like you don't want to just jump from, you know, whatever, six hours, and then I'm going to do 15 hours. You are going to get burned like you mentally and your family your whole family dynamic can be damaged if you do a huge switch so I started like slowly you know I told you like I started like running a little bit running doing this doing that and then being a coach hell it's it, it, it is tough it requires energy and time to be a coach uh, but if you love what you're doing you can just have more balance but for a normal person if if it's someone who is working you know Monday through Friday and having kids the main suggestion is to try to do indoor training you are gonna save time energy um, exposure or to be in an accident or flat tire whatever I always try to be very safe and try to be very practical. If I can swim in a open water close to my house, I try that. If I can go to the pool and it's more safe, I go there. If I can just do push up in my house, I just, you know, you, you gotta be flexible and humble and Think about what's your situation in the moment and try to do your best. I think we all can improve in many ways. That's a good thing about triathlon. It's not just going and doing hours and hours and, you know, and miles in volume. I think you can do a lot in little things like stretching, strength. If it's raining, just do something indoor. And you know what I mean? So adaptation I think is something that helps a lot to keep your life simple I think adaptation it definitely adapting to our circumstances is a good good tool all the time but probably more now so than ever so I think you are definitely onto something Raquel we do want to ask are you still hoping to go to New Zealand in 2021 uh do you have any other plans I know everything is up in the air right now and and this is the kicker since you have had these great results recently as an age grouper, would you ever consider racing pro again? <laughs> That's a good question. So the first one, um, yes, I want to do New Zealand. Actually, I got my tickets and I got my hotel. Everything was so ready and I still have the ticket and the support. Thanks God. I got some sponsor support. So I got everything for that race. So hopefully, uh, I'll be there next year and racing as a pro, you know, now during the quarantine, quarantine and this situation, I thought about it. I was like, you know, I still feel good and I feel like I am 39 and I see some pros in the 40s and still racing. So I was like, you never know if I have the support, I can just try one or a few more years if I'm healthy. I don't mind, but it's not something that I am um, craving for it. I, you know, I go with the flow. If I feel good and I have the support, I just try it again. Um, I am open to any opportunity. And that's, you know, that's what I have been doing my whole life with the triathlon world. But if I can, I can try it. And Raquel, as you work towards at least going, hopefully, to New Zealand, where can our listeners, where's the best place for them to follow you? I have Instagram, and I'm using the stories. Mm -hmm. 
a lot. And I think uh, that helps because sometimes I can just save it. Um, you know, when I travel, I'm by myself. I'm a single mom and true single mom. <laughs> so I'm mom and dad in all, many ways. So it's tough. I'm very busy all the time. But I use Instagram and I have my um, username. It's Raquel Torres 777. The 777 is because my daughter, my daughter was born in July 7, 2007. <laughs> so that's the lucky number. Um, and then all my social media are all the same. Like Twitter is the same, Raquel Torres 777. And what else I have? And I have Strava now and I'm using it more than ever um, during this COVID-19. And it's Raquel Torres. And I have the United States flag. Colombia flag and the Dominican Republic flag because my mom is from Colombia and I have the Colombia passport too. So um, I think that's all. We will definitely be sure to link to all of those in our show notes so our listeners can follow you, get that positive inspiration they need right now that we are all craving. Thank you for putting that out in the world and thank you so much for chatting with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really like your interview. Triathlon is certainly hard on your skin, without a doubt. That was Teresa Helsel, dermatologist PA and accomplished triathlete. Earlier this year, Teresa came on the podcast to offer skincare advice specific to triathletes. Teresa's two biggest tips were to avoid sunburn and chafing. And luckily, Iron Women podcast listeners get 15% off all Zelio skincare products, including Sun Barrier SPF 45 zinc-based sunscreen and Betwixt Athletic Skin Lubricant and Chamois Cream. Use the code IRONWOMEN at teamzelios.com for 15% off and use Zelios products to protect your skin during all your swim, bike, run fun. Alyssa, I really loved Raquel's story and the fact that she has taken so many breaks during her career because right now everyone is kind of in a weird kind of break time and Raquel's story shows us that you can take these breaks and then you can come back to the sport and you can have even more motivation when you come back and have completely new and exciting experiences and her current enthusiasm for the sport after so many years and ins and outs shows me that this is a very minor blip for the rest of us and so I really appreciated her coming on and sharing that story. I agree so thanks Raquel for sharing that with us. And for our listeners, don't forget to rate and review us on the podcast app that you choose to listen and check out our Patreon community at patreon.com forward slash live feisty for as little as $2 a month. You can become a patron and help us keep creating this content week after week for you. Haley, we are going to end the show with Lily's flute playing. So thank you, Lily, for sending that in. And of course, ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com if any other listeners want to send in questions or their musical talents. Um, this has been really fun for us to get, um, you know, a few submissions, I guess. <laughs> and I will say I that... It. Lily puts mine to shame a little bit. So this is actually, this is really, really good stuff. So everyone stay tuned. And um, Haley, I'll talk to you next week and enjoy Lily's flute playing.
You have been listening to the Iron Women podcast hosted by Haley Chura and Alyssa Gadeski. Iron Women is a production of Live Feisty Media and is edited by Taylor Mahan Rudolph. Thank you to our sponsors, Zilio Skincare, Noon Hydration, Form Swim Goggles, and Orca Sportswear, as well as the Live Feisty Patreon community. You can find websites and discount codes in our show notes or at ironwomenpodcast.com.